Stories. I'm your host, Kathy McKnight. If you're like me and you've ever sat back and wondered, how did I get here, whether literally or figuratively, in terms of your career or life in general, then you're in good company and have come to the right place. On Uncharted Journeys, you'll hear from amazing women about their straight and narrow, zigzaggy, or somewhere in between paths to success. Today's guest has a master's and PhD in social work, and as the chief empathy officer and life transition expert at her company, Life Transitions, she's incredibly knowledgeable about issues facing aging population and caregiving, and has been providing down-to-earth, practical, and professional-informed guidance to life transitions from life transitions to individuals, professionals, and organizations for more than 30 years. A compelling, pragmatic, inspirational speaker and coach, she provides sound guidance via humor and enthusiasm to navigating life's transitions and to ensure success for overall life goals and financial plans. She's a certified professional consultant on aging and sits on the board of directors of the International Federation of Aging. She's authored the book, From Surviving to Thriving, Transforming Your Caregiving Journey, and co-developed an audio coaching session and companion journal, Building the Bonds of Friendship at Midlife and Beyond. She's also created Life Memories Journal and Caring Cards to inspire more meaningful conversations between generations, something we can all use right now. She's received professional achievement awards from her alma mater, Case Western Reserve University, and has been recognized as one of Canada's top businesswomen by Women's Post Media and was nominated to as a Woman of Influence by Success Magazine. Regularly featured and interviewed on television, radio, podcasts, and online publications, affectionately known as Dr. Amy, a fellow Torontonian, welcome Amy Dupree. Thank you so much, Kathy. Thank you for being here. Good morning. It's an early morning uh, in Toronto today. And, you know, that is really the highlight reel, as, as, I, as I often say when I'm doing my introduction, they can be, I, I could go on for for like a good solid 10 minutes of just all of the things you've done and the accomplishments and the accolades. But, you know, how, tell us a little bit more about who you are, what you do, and, you know, we'll get into how you got into, um, uh, we're focusing on the aging population, but, you know, just a little bit more about yourself. Sure. And, and so glad to be here with you. And I love this topic because it's true. It, and, you know, we'll talk more about, as you said, how I got into what I'm doing. But I think it's so helpful for, as women, for us to hear each other's stories on this. So thank you for doing the podcast. Uh, so I'm, I always think of myself now at this stage of my life, and I just turned 60 this year, Kathy. So, you know, my joke, because I work in the field of aging, is I've now become the people I used to take care of. And so, <laughs> are, you consulting, I, are you consulting for yourself on yourself? <laughs> I am. I, I guess I was prepping my whole career to get ready to take care of myself. So I get to work a lot with professionals at this stage to help them have an easier time connecting with their clients and really their clients of all generations, but also helping them understand better what's happening in midlife and beyond for people. And I like to say, Kathy, that the life transitions I talk about include a lot of things. They're the events that happen in people's lives. They're the changes, right? It's, it's kind of the everything that happens to us. Um, and including the life quakes, the things that we just don't expect are coming. So, you know, whether it's the changes, the events, the stages, or the life quakes, I help people understand the practical, emotional, and family side of what's going on. So that's what I work with professionals because, you know, they typically have a, a an expertise in a business area, and they may not have had exposure to some of these other thoughts. And so really to have a deeper human relationship we have to understand the whole person. So I help professionals do that. And I have a real love of helping 
people navigate these transitions with more ease and with better quality of life. It's, as I mentioned, as we were prepping to, to go live, uh, my dad is is 83. He is a rock star. He plays tennis. He walks. He lives alone. You know, just he's an inspiration, honestly. It's, it's just quite phenomenal. In that stage of sort of caught in between and having, you know, you when you deal with professionals for yourself, you know, whether it's a doctor, whether it's a financial planner, a lawyer, et cetera, mm-hmm. having somebody understand your stage of life, they may not have been there. They may have been through it, but gone through it differently. It's just when I read about what you did and, and the services that your your organization provides, it's just so essential. And it's, I encourage everybody, anybody in that, you know, 45 beyond stage where you're starting to deal with older parents or even um, if in, a, in your business, you know, listen to Dr. Amy's stuff because it's just, I just, I found it helpful for myself. So we'll get into all of that. Thank first you. Off, very kind. <laughs> first off, I always ask my guests four core questions. So if you're ready for that, we'll get into I'm it. I'm ready. All right. So what was the first career you remember wanting to do when you grew up? Elementary school teacher, the exact opposite end of life. I come from a family of teachers. So it was just sort of programmed into me. That's what I was going to do. <laughs> I would say that's kind of the opposite end of the spectrum. So there's got to be a story there, which we will find out shortly. Yeah. <laughs> Who was the first big influencer in your life? I I bet you hear this a lot, but it really was my mom. You know, I had to really, when you ask me the question, I'm not sure I've ever thought about it before, but I'll tell you why my mom, my mom was a woman, I think ahead of her time in a lot of ways. She didn't have limits about things she did. So I have memories of being a young child and my mom refinishing the hardwood floors in our dining room with the big sanders. And my mom did that and she worked, she didn't have a career. She had more of a job because she just didn't have that opportunity, but she could do wallpaper and do all the things in the house and go have a job and do the yard work and manage the bills. She was just an amazing example to me that there really aren't any limits to things that women can do. And, you know, going back a few years here, so she was a woman ahead of her time. That is such an amazing thing to grow up with. Good on her for refinishing the floors. I had thoughts of doing that a couple of years ago and went, no, (laughs) I'm going to let somebody else do it. When you grow up with a mom who does these things, you just see that as normal. You don't sit back and think, hmm, my mom's pushing this big sander in the dining room. I just thought everybody's mom did that. And it wasn't until I got older that I realized, oh, so lots of times it's the dad who barbecues. And my dad was around, by the way, so she wasn't a single mom, but she- kind of behave like a single mom. She did really all of that stuff. Good for her. Mm -hmm. Is there a song that epitomizes your career path? I loved when you asked this. Do you know it popped right into my head, which was the long and winding road (laughs) by the Beatles. I'm like, that's the perfect song for my career path. Yes, I I think um, I think many of us Probably feel that way sometimes, people, don't you think? And I and I and I say that with great humor and with it's kind of fun, but it is true. It was it's been you know we're, we're going to talk. I know more about it, but things I always say doors open and we either choose to go through them or we don't. And sometimes we knock on doors that close in our career, and then we have to go to another door. But that's kind of how it's been for me and. When I look back, I think, wow, I'm not sure I, a lot of it happened by chance and then taking the chances. So that's what created the long and winding road for me. Great. 
What are three words you'd use to describe you you and or your career? Passionate. I'm really passionate about the work I do. I, I, I feel that the work that I'm doing, I joked with someone the other day, I have a very small vision. I want to change the world around aging. <laughs> so, you know, I, I want to make life easier for people as we move through these stages. So passionate, I'm joyful and I find my work joyful. And I've been a risk taker in my career. I, I haven't gone the easy path. I've taken a lot of risk. And sometimes those have worked out and sometimes they haven't, by the way, <laughs> they haven't all been, they haven't all been successful risks, but that still is, I, I think I'm a risk taker by nature. Well, and it would be interesting, you know, because you've taken risks and they haven't all paid off. Yeah. If they have all paid off, if you would have continued to see them as risks. Mm, you know? That's a very insightful comment. Very insightful. I think that's true. Right. And I, you know, sometimes we try things and I think, you know, I have a 20 year old daughter and I'm always saying to her, it's okay if it doesn't work out. It doesn't mean it's the end of the road. It just means that's not your path. Exactly. Uh, yeah. I have, uh, my kids are, um, 21 and 18, a girl and a boy. And, uh, my daughter is super overachiever just, and it's like, it's okay. And my husband and I would joke because things she works hard. So it's not like things just come naturally to her and, and, you know, the path is laid out in front of her. She's, she's worked her butt off. She's about to start her uh, master's in biomedical physics oh, at wow. U of T. And, but, you know, we, with my husband and be like one of these days, somebody's going to tell her no, like one of these <laughs> days, she's not going to get what she wants. We haven't seen that happen yet. Um, actually, I guess the first thing was she she uh, she applied to one program at U of T and, and didn't get into it. We were like, oh, okay, so there is a balance in the universe. She uh -huh. just doesn't get everything that she <laughs> and we want her to get everything. Don't get me wrong, I'm not. No, no, I understand what you mean, though. I understand <laughs> what you mean, definitely. So, uh, but yes, it's it's good for it's good for our kids to know. You know, you you swing swing for the fence, and if yeah. it works, great. And if you strike out, you know what? You'll have another at bat. It's all good. That's right. It's yeah. all good. So, you know, I, I teased it up at the beginnings. I want to be, I'm very curious how you go from wanting to be an elementary school teacher to um, an expert in aging and liaison um, about the aging process and people and, and dealing with that. So what has your career journey looked like? What is it, what's it been like? So I'll go back to that because what happened for me was I was in university. And as I said, my whole family's in education in some way. And I went to visit one of my older sisters, who was a, at the time, a third grade teacher, fabulous third grade teacher. I was a second year, I think, in university. And I sat in her classroom and I thought, I will never be this kind of teacher. I don't have this passion. I could feel her passion. And it was a defining moment for me. So then I was like, well, what is my passion? And, you know, it makes me nuts when we make people have to try to figure this out at that stage. I happened to be very fortunate. I was taking a class in aging and gerontology and I fell in love with it. And so I actually transferred universities to go to a program. Uh, at the time, they didn't have gerontology programs. So I got to gerontology through social work. And so I transferred so that I could do a minor in gerontology. So when I was 20, I was already into this and loving it. And it was very unusual at that time. You know, it's still today. People usually go into it mid-career and so I thought I was going to be a social worker, a direct care social worker for my whole life. You know, again, my, I look back and I think how limited my vision was and 
I think one of the gifts that we can give our kids is to expand their vision of all the things that could be. So I did do home care social work for a few years, worked with aging families, and then had the opportunity. Um, I was married at the time, and my ex-husband took a job that took us out of where we were living. And I ended up teaching at university for a number of years with my master's degree and pursuing my PhD and thought I was going to be, of course, an academic because I come from a family of teachers. So I'll just teach at this end. And I did love being in the classroom. But Kathy, I wasn't a researcher. I just, I, I did the research to get through my PhD. And I thought, this is not, I am not going to spend my life doing research. And that shifted for me. And I, there was a major thing that happened at this point where I had my path open up in a whole new way, which was I sat through a program that's for professionals that offers a designation called Certified Senior Advisor. In Canada, we call it Certified Professional Consultant on Aging. And I went and attended it. It was a three-day program with a half-day exam. And it was like an intro to gerontology course for business professionals. And I attended it and fell in I thought, this is fabulous. Fell in love with it and wanted to be part of it. So I applied to become one of their faculty and got accepted and I, as part of my work at the university, had done a lot of small group training, but I'd never done professional speaking per se in this kind of arena. And I became a professional speaker for this company, you know, whole different experience, two to 300 people in the room with, you know, big screens behind you up on a podium, up with a podium and, uh, and fell in love with professional speaking, just loved it. And so traveled for them all over the U.S. I'm originally from the U.S. And then they came to Canada. And I started working in Canada for them and fell in love with Canada, which is what brought me to Canada and was pretty amazing. And then uh, one of the financial institutions in Canada brought that program internal and put their investment advisors and their and their uh, vice presidents through. And then they approached me and asked me to come aboard and do work to start helping them look at the non-financial aspects of retirement for their clients. And so that totally shifted my career. And I took off then working with professionals and their clients on these midlife and beyond transitions, both as a professional speaker with clients, but also coaching and working with the professionals about how to do this. Well, of course you fell in love with Canada. Like, Of course I did. <laughs> And I've gotten I'm a lot required of it. to say that. <laughs> I, well, I'm now, by the way, I have to say I became a citizen about seven years ago. So I, I, one of my proudest moments was becoming a Canadian citizen. And, and I've been very fortunate because I've gotten to travel all over Canada from Newfoundland to, you know, all the way to Victoria and everywhere in between. And what an amazing country we have. You know, there's nobody who is more of a anything than the convert, right? So I... <laughs> I'm, I'm glad to hear that. It's um, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't be from anywhere else. Uh, if I had the opportunity to go and live somewhere else, I absolutely would. I love to travel. I, I love seeing what, you know, other cultures and, and picking up little bits and languages, mm -hmm. but I, this will always be my home. Yes, I, am, I totally I understand that. And I do travel on my Canadian passport all the time. Yes. So. I got I got maple syrup running through my veins. <laughs> there you go. Although, sidebar, I was I just came back from Texas. I was in Texas uh, last couple of days. And it's still amazing what people don't know 
about Canada. Oh my God. It's what, so you use the word amazing. I use the word embarrassing because I somehow feel like I have to, to, to make up for all those other Americans, you know? <laughs> so you, you talked about, and I, I loved, I mean, it's your career seems pretty linear, right? There's yeah. this natural Only an explanation. Yeah. yeah. You know, this natural evolution, but you know, was there a defining moment, a decision action one, you've made some pretty big jumps, you know, as far as some of them, maybe because of a situation, as you mentioned, the move put you in a position where you needed to do something different. And so, you know, you did something different there, but was there a defining moment, something that's really significantly impacted the trajectory of your career? And I also want to say, because I think this is what happens and it's, 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 it's not accurate when we do a little summary of our lives. It all sounds so neatly packaged. So can I back up and say, definitely not neatly packaged. And that was the nice, neat summary of it. At each of those points, it was often extremely stressful for me because I, you know, even going back to shifting universities, I left behind friends and went to this new university. And remember, I was incredibly lonely that first year that I made the transition to the new university to do this thing I wanted to do. So there was a lot of discomfort at each of those steps. And I, I think that's important to highlight because otherwise it sounds like, oh, I just walked in and this happened and this happened. I think discomfort is part of these changes. You know, I, I often talk about the, the stages of change because I talk about life transitions and there's an ending there. This is William Bridges work, by the way, he, he does work. He's had a seminal work called Transitions. But there's the ending, there's that in-between period, which is the most uncomfortable part. It's like you've let go of one trapeze and you're waiting to pick up the other one, but you're flying and you're not sure there's even a net below you and you don't yet see the trapeze in front of you. It is a very awkward, uncomfortable time and it is part of transition for any transition. And then you get to the new and it takes a while to create a new normal. So it's not that you grab that new trapeze and all is well with the world. You have to you have to kind of work into it. So I know that's not actually the question you asked me, but I think it's so important for listeners to know that. So I for me there were, I think there were defining moments along the way. I at some point early on in my career set my sights to be a professor. I I wanted to go that route, and then when I got there, I learned I loved being in the classroom and I loved interacting with the students. But part of working at a major university is being a researcher, and I'm realized that wasn't me. So now here I am, that's kind of an awkward spot to be in, right? And I remember halfway through my doctoral program, I had sort of this crisis of, I don't really want to be a professor and I'm halfway through, I've spent this time and money, do I keep going or do I stop? Because I couldn't see how it was going to work out for me at that point. So I, I opted to keep going and I'm so grateful I did that. But then the real transition point, I think for me, was as I was finishing my dissertation and I started doing the speaking for that company, uh, I really found my passion was that I loved being able to inspire people from the front of the room. I loved being practical. I wanted to leave people with things they could walk out of a being with me in the room and do differently and feel like they could make little changes in their life that would have a positive impact. That was hugely, for me, that was a huge turning point. And it's interesting because 
I mean, you would have known you were comfortable in front of a crowd having spoken, having taught and whatnot. And I'm sure classrooms, you probably had small groups, you probably had large groups. So that's something to understand, but it's, it's infinitely different, or I feel it's infinitely different when you're speaking in front of, I could run a workshop, easily hundred people don't bat an eye. It's not a big deal. But the first couple of times that I spoke, cause I do some speaking as well. Um, in front of a really large crowd at a conference, it's a completely different vibe. And while I'm happy to teach and workshop and you feel, I don't know what it is, if you feel a little more connected, if you feel a little less pressure to like, wow, and, you know, make people go, oh yeah, that, you know, that's amazing. Um, it's a little more interact. well, obviously a lot more interactive, yeah, yeah. but to know that you loved that, like that, that's where your energy came from. You've got to source it. You've got to source your energy from somewhere. Right. Right. Um, and that you found that, that early and were able to blend the two things, your passion of, of learning and the love of the topic and the, the area to the passion of, of sharing and being up in front of people. That's, that's amazing. Some of us never find that in our careers. Yeah. I feel very, very fortunate. I, I run into people all the time who are pretty miserable in their career. And I, you know, it's unfortunate because we spend so much time at it and I always encourage them, you know, get a life coach, try to find a place where you can make peace with what you're doing professionally. Uh, for me, it's, it's almost a hobby, you know, that I would, I, I don't want any of my clients to hear what I'm about to say, but I would do it even if I weren't paid. <laughs> I'll cut that part out. <laughs> right. Yeah. I still need to be paid though. Yeah. Yes. So what's your current role? Like you've been doing this for, for decades, as I, as mm -hmm. I mentioned, and you've done it in, in multiple facets, this work. Mm -hmm. What's your current role like? What is it, you know, what's, what still gets you up in the morning? What are some of the challenges? Are there different compromises that you're making now? Obviously, as a mom of a, of a grown kid, um, yeah. you know, I've, I've okay. seen that they still need you. It's yeah. not like they're 18 and it's like, woohoo, the job's done. No. Um, sometimes it's actually more work. <laughs> but, you know, how, how, have you, how have you navigated that? And what are you seeing as the differences for yourself? I, I love this stage of life because... It, I do get to do work I really I really love. And for me, you know, I say there are three things that have to I have to have in my life to feel that that my life is is on purpose. One of them is contribution. I have to feel like I'm contributing and making a difference. And another for me is connection. So I need lots of connection with people. And the third thing is lifelong learning. So I, if you took any three thing of those three things away, I, I would really struggle in my life. And I'm fortunate. I get to have all of that. I have right now a really fabulous role. I actually get to, um, I work exclusively with Scotiabank and MD Financial Management right now. And there I work with both their advisors and their clients and love the work I get to do around helping people have, you know, again, go through these life transitions in a different way. And also working with their advisors who are, you know, working with people all the time, I'm helping them better understand these transitions and how to communicate around them. So it's a weird spot for a social worker to land, right? Like when, <laughs> yeah. and I, I joke, this is one of my jokes, Kathy, I talk about the line, long and windy road. One of my jokes is if you put me back right now, 20, let's say 20 years, because I've been in Canada since uh, almost 20 years now, 19 years. So let's go back 22 years and say, 
you're going to end up in Canada. You're going to live in Toronto and you're going to work for a major with a major financial institution doing this kind of work. I would have said, oh, no, you looked at somebody else's life. That has nothing to do with me. <laughs> so the fact I ended up here amuses me that how did this happen? But, you know, doors open, things happen and you walk through them. That's I can't keep coming back to that. And and I think, you know, again, there were things along the way that didn't work. But this is an amazing chapter because I'm doing things I really love. Which is a perfect segue. It's almost like we planned this um, to my next question is if you weren't doing what you're doing now with aging okay. and, and facilitating and, and helping all of us just navigate this really, <laughs> really challenging part of our lives sometimes, alter ego to Dr. Amy. So you don't have to worry about like where you're living or <laughs> cost of there, whatever. What would you be doing? I would be a fundraiser for a nonprofit organization. So I, one of the things I, I do have a background in, in sales too. There's sales things I did along the way. And sometimes it was just to fund my education or to fund something I was doing, but I understand sales and fundraising is basically sales, right? Absolutely. So I would love to do sales in that way. You know, I'm a social worker at heart. So I would love, I would have loved to have worked in fundraising for a nonprofit. That would have been, uh, you know, I think pulled all my skills together in a different way. Again, what's interesting, Kathy, I didn't even know that was a career or an option. So this is why I think, again, if we expose our kids to a wide variety of things, there are so many things we could do with our lives, right? So this is a way I think to just expose, you know, if we can expose our kids to, you may think this is the route you want to go, but there are probably 20 other things that you haven't even thought of. Well, and so many, so many new jobs coming on the scene constantly as, you know, I work in the, in the marketing space across industries and marketing jobs, content jobs, customer experience jobs have changed dramatically. You know, it truly has been a revolution, not an evolution in that area. Jobs that people are doing now, they didn't do before. And I mean, there's new jobs coming out. I won't get into it because everybody's tired of hearing about you know, generative AI and whatnot, but this whole, you know, prompt engineer is the job of the future. Okay. So I'm calling bullshit on that right now. If you heard it here, Um, but that's just the thing is, and and that's what, you know, we've been trying to tell our kids is, you know, you may want to do this, like this is, and it's great to be focused. And our daughter was very much oncology research. That, Mm -hmm. That was, she got a sense of that. She, she took some microbiology. She's like, that's what I want to do. You know, her life has been impacted by, by cancer with family and things like that. And she wants to help amazing that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And our, our son is thinking law and I'm like, great. If that's what you really want to do, but there's so many other things, you know, and if that's where your passion lies by all means, but don't, don't close yourself off just because right. you've seen a, a few really cool TV shows and you want to be like Mike Ross on right? Kids, right? Like, <laughs> or know that you could take that law degree and do a hundred different things with it. Exactly. Like I've done with my social work degree, exactly. right? I, you know, I, it would you'd be hard pressed to find too many other PhDs in social work doing what I'm doing, no. but, but I love that. I've loved that. I've gotten to pull, you know, different aspects of who I am into different jobs and didn't get limited by the degree I had in any way. That is such sage advice. And, you know, for our listeners, particularly the women in our audience, 
What would be your best piece of advice on life, career, success, anything you'd like to share? Well, I always, there's a quote that I, I had a colleague that she had this up in her wall and I loved it, which is, oh, may you always see the humor in the human experience. And I think a lot of what I would say is we take everything so seriously and we think every decision we make is going to make or break us. And now at the, you know, at 60, looking back, I, I could have ended up lots of places and been happy in what I did. I think the key is to try lots of things. And if it doesn't work and you're not happy, I would say to people, what are the aspects you like and what are the aspects you don't like? And then move on. You're not, this isn't, you don't have to commit yourself to some sort of a sentence to say places where you're unhappy and keep striving to find the mix that gives you that sense of fulfillment and, and that supports you, right? I mean, we work because also we need funding. It's not like we're just working for fun. But I think it's the idea of being a little more lighthearted in, as we do all this and recognizing it's not everything is a life or death decision. I have a team of people who work with me now, Kathy, and sometimes we will say to remind ourselves when we get too serious about something we're doing, we, that we're not curing cancer. We're not doing that. We're doing good work and we hope we're making an impact, but let's just take a deep breath here, everybody, and relax a little bit. Exactly. Yeah. Context is everything, right? Yeah. So Dr. Amy, this has been so fun. Thank you so much. So insightful. My pleasure. Where can our audience find you? Do you have some upcoming speaking events or, or, Where's the best place to connect with you? Um, LinkedIn is a great place to get on and see lots of things that I'm doing. And you you can do it, you know, Amy Dupree. And if you just Google me, you'll see me there. I also have a website, which is dramy.life, L-I-F-E. So instead of .com. Nice handle. Yeah, yeah. That's my great team, not me. And uh, right now, when you get on there, you'll see it's it's it, it looks like it's mainly for professionals. We're going to have a lot more stuff up for the general public soon. So. Okay. You know, if you go in, you go, oh, doesn't apply to me, come back. But LinkedIn will also talk about speaking engagements and things I'm doing. And and Kathy, I love that you're doing this. What a great, what a great service you're doing women, because I feel like we are each other's best support. You know, I, one of the things that I say a lot when I speak is we know it takes a village to raise a child. It also takes a village to take care of an aging parent. And the truth is it takes a village to get through life. And we are that village for each other. So you are really living that. Thank you. Oh, well, thank you. Um, this is totally a privilege to be able to connect with women like yourselves and, and the others that I've spoken with and uh, to share your stories because our stories need to be heard. And mm-hmm. if it can just help one person feel better or make a decision or pivot to their passion, then you know what? My job is done. I can drop mm-hmm. the mic and walk off the stage mm-hmm. and be you know, really happy. So Thank you so much for today's conversation. This has absolutely been wonderful. It's a great way to start my day. And to my audience, thank you for listening to Uncharted Journeys with me, your host, Kathy McKnight. I hope you've enjoyed my conversation with Amy and hearing about how life can be uncomfortable. But if you're not happy, figure out what makes you happy and then strive for that sense of fulfillment. Change is okay. And, you know, Just take things just a little more lighthearted and you'll find that passion. If you're keen to hear more amazing stories from other amazing women, you can head over to unchartedjourneys.net and listen to some of the other episodes. You can also sign up for our email list as well as check out the links and resources in the show notes. Thanks again for listening and see you next time. Until then, enjoy the journey.
disappear I've seen that road be 